If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this brand new episode of Mind Pump. Shiny. Look, before we get into the fitness questions, we have some fun introductory conversation. That lasts about 40 minutes. Here's what we talked about. I talked about going to Santana Row and visiting a Lululemon store over the weekend and realizing that Viore does a way better job. Now, by the way, Viore is one of our sponsors. They make amazing athletic and leisure wear. You got to go check them out. Go to Viore Clothing. That's V-U-O-R-I clothing.com forward slash mind pump and use the code that's listed on the page for 25% off. Then we talked about Bezos the founder of Amazon, and his divorce, $35 billion, I think it was. Hey, payout. Crazy. Uh, His wife instantly became the fourth, I believe, richest woman in the world. Insane. Wow, just like that. Then we talked about more trouble in Hollywood. Take them down. We talked about the new Disney reveal, uh, the show Our Planet on Netflix. That was awesome. I talked about the the difference between knowledge and wisdom. And then Adam talked about Katrina's new skinny dipped almond cravings apparently she's eating all the skinny dipped almonds and mm, adam's trying to figure my out ways favorite to flavor too yeah he's trying to figure out ways of hiding them from her anyway skinny dipped another one of our sponsors here's what you do if you want to get a discount go to skinny dipped.com forward slash mind pump and enter the code mind pump for a full 20 percent off then we get into the fitness portion of this episode the first question is in order to break through a training plateau this is where your progress stops or stalls What's better to change up, the exercises or the reps that I do? Which one is going to get my body to respond again? The next question, how can meditation help your gains in the gym? Does a mindfulness practice help your body burn more body fat? Visualize the muscle. And build more muscle. Next question, uh, should you cycle creatine? Creatine, one of the most popular muscle building supplements out there ever Is it a good idea to take it all the time or should you go on and off of it for better results? And the final question, what was one of the most unhealthy behaviors of clients that we've trained in the past? Also, Mm. this month, uh, you guys asked for it, you got it. MAPS split a very advanced training program designed by bodybuilders for people who want to sculpt and shape their bodies like bodybuilders. So if you want to build a lot of muscle, shape your body, sculpt it, and if you love to work out, this is a six- If you're ready for it, so This is a six-day-a-week program. It's not for beginners or for the faint of heart. Well, that program is 50% off. Here's what you do if you want to get the discount. Go to MAPS Split. There's two S's in the middle. M-A-P-S-S-P-L-I-T dot com and use the code SPLIT50, S-P-L-I-T-5-0, You'll get 50% off. And if you want to check out our other MAPS programs, you can find all the other ones at mapsfitnessproducts.com. T-shirt time! And it's T-shirt time! Oh, Doug, you know this is my favorite time of the week. Oh, yeah. Yeah! All right, we have four winners this week. On iTunes, we have Giles Cates, Matthew McKesa, and for Facebook, we have Melissa McLaughlin, Chandler Davis, all of you are winners. Send a name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Send your shirt size, your shipping address. Include your Instagram handle, and we'll get that shirt right out to you. Thanks, everybody. First of all, 
first. Can we give a hand to the weather right now? It's about yeah. time it stopped raining. Oh, it's beautiful. Out. It was gorgeous. Besides the allergies that I'm getting, everything was. Right, that's the only problem. I'm oh, fighting that right now. Yeah. Dude, everything just comes out. Dude, we were at the park, and I was laying on my back trying to read, and I'm just coughing like crazy. I'm I saw like, your post. I- what are you reading right now? What is that? Oh, Right Side of History, Ben Shapiro. Oh, that's yeah. oh, I can't yeah. wait to read. You that. know, I you know what I I really so I heard him on Joe Rogan, which is why I got the book. Yeah, I listened to um, that. The reason why I like him, I don't agree entirely with all of his views, mm-hmm. uh, but he does have a very live and let live attitude towards government, which I agree a lot with. But he explains himself very well, um, and I like the way he articulates articulates himself. And then the case he was making was about how the foundations of liberty and Western civilization can lie. In two places, Jerusalem, which was the the, of course the the creation of the Judeo Christian um, you know religions, which say that all people are made in the image of God, which is very different when you compare it to other religions before that. And then the other one was in the philosophy of Athens, uh, where they were talking about using your reason. Um, and he says that those two things created Western civilization. So I said, oh, this might be an interesting book. And so far, it's really good. But uh, before we were at the park. When I was reading that book, I went to Santana Row because it was so nice. And we're walking around, and uh, I was all, you know, vioried out, of course, because they provide us with cool clothes and also because I hate shopping. So I get to just, (laughs) I just wear it, right? So I'm. You don't like options. No, but I, but I mean, I'm not going to lie. It looks, I get compliments. So I walked inside, uh, Lululemon, and um, I'm like, okay, let me look at the guy's stuff. It's like blasphemy to do that with wearing your glory uh, stuff. Well, you know, you got you to gotta keep your friends close. <laughs> keep see. your enemies closer. I see. So I walked in there, and I'm looking at the men's stuff in Lulu, and- it Sucks. I just hate seeing the word Lulu. They feel feminine, the Lulu clothes for oh, men. Oh, I wouldn't go there. Do you see so, what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that's a wrong- that's a, You that's, don't think they feel kind of- Well, I mean, I think what I'll tell you, being way. somebody who used to wear uh, Lulu stuff is- I always had to get um, double XL because their XL it lo- it feels as if it was designed for a bunch of cyclists. So even the XL, their XL is like medium. It just, that's what mm. I mean. It doesn't just, feel masculine. Their no, clothes don't, no, and they don't they don't have a masculine uh, look or feel to them. Is what I mean. So I, yeah, they just I do a, get wedgies. They just do a way better job. Way yeah. better job. So I really well, appreciate Well, I think that it. was part of Viore's strategy. Was they? I think they saw that. I think they saw that. Lulu really came in and dominated the the female yoga space. Yeah, uh, for activewear, but there was nobody really doing speaking to that for men. Mm-mm. So I think that was their 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 first initiative was to do that. I think their the, Katrina loves their women's clothes too. Yeah. Oh, that's their their that's the yeah, surprising thing. Moves. Yeah. yeah. Same thing with Jessica. She loves it. It's so I was so excited to have him stop by the studio and hang out again. Yeah, great I, mean, guy. Yeah, that was great. I, I fucking really like Joe and I like their company. I like what they're doing. Like. You know, extremely, extremely proud of our team. Uh, you know, in particular, Taylor. This is a lot of what he does on the side of the house is to vet brands like this. And uh, you know, I take a lot of pride in that. We we do a really good job of this. I really feel good about the people we partner with. And a, a lot of people may not know, but it's a long process. Like it's, we just had somebody come in right now, which you guys will eventually hear that episode probably in the coming weeks. Uh, of a new company that we're we're looking to do work with, and you know that was a almost a year process of uh, looking into them and courting and Taylor meeting with and going back and forth, and then us getting a chance to meet the CEO. Well, I don't think just, I don't think a lot of people realize that when you're working with a brand, that it, it's a reflection on you as well. I think a lot of mm-hmm. people forget that, and so they see that there's money 
oh, they're going to pay me. I'm going to talk about this company or this brand. Um, but you you then become associated with them. So it's really important that you're picky. Mm-hmm. You're kind of choosy with who you work well, with. Well, and I know I, I, I understand, uh, you know, scaling and building a business and, and feeling that you're in this p- place where, okay, you finally get a little bit of traction. You have an audience and you finally have the ability to take on sponsorship. I know how tempting it can be to want to do that. I, I, I think that we are we were very lucky and blessed to build this without those intentions. Like we didn't turn on, we didn't say, Hey, we're going to podcasting. Cause we hear there's good advertising and podcasting. It was never like that for us. So even when that opportunity came about, we were able to stay away from that and say, Hey, this is, wasn't the vision of the company. Like we have so many programs and things that we want to write and create. And that's more important to our audience. That's more important. That's more of our wheelhouse. When it, when it makes sense, we'll move over into the advertising and partnerships and because I think we were so slow to that process and we waited till we had someone like Taylor who could onboard, who could do all that work for us while we focused on what we're great at, you know, because I'll be the first to admit that, you know, the the I, the process that goes into even finding a brand uh, like the one people here and like Viore, I mean, Viore wasn't even on anybody's radar two and a half years ago when Taylor was looking into them. I mean, nobody was talking about them. Nobody yeah, knew they were. They're everywhere now. Yeah, now they're exploded. You know, they're a massive. They're a massive company that's rapidly growing. What did Joe say? Like what, three hundred percent year yeah, over year? Yeah. I mean, they're just and their shit's awesome, dude. I mean, when yeah. you when you wear it, it's it, it speaks for itself. It's a great brand with a, a great CEO with a great vision with inc- incredible integrity. Like, just aligns with us really well. Yeah, it's really good stuff. Did you guys read about um, Bezos? Oh, his, his, his divorce. And, how about his, uh, his payout? His Dude, wife is now the fourth yeah. richest woman in the world. Instantly. Score. Yeah. 30, how much was it? $35 billion. How about Woo. this, though? How Okay. Credit her, okay, for her brilliance here. So uh, you, you there might be some people going like, what the fuck? She could have had so much more, taken half. But by, by, by ending this amicable and leaving him in mostly control and not trying to gut him in the divorce, she is going to make more money long-term because she still has got stock in these companies right. that he is still scaling. That's all assets in, yeah, the company. Exactly. People don't really think about like what potentially that divorce could have done to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, it wouldn't have bankrupt him, but it most certainly, when you're in the middle of, of spending the amount of money he has to scale and grow his space... Man, that that would have definitely hindered that and probably crippled the stock price for a while, if not forever, potentially. And so for her to see the big picture and go, okay, I can try and gut this guy for 50% of everything because I'm entitled to it, which yeah. she she is. She's been with him for forever. Since before they yeah, took off. Right. So she's and definitely- she was a part of their, I mean, she was a part of their growth through that support system. Absolutely. I, I believe that yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know- I think it was brilliant by her not to do that. To- I also think that people need to here's a here's a big one. A lot of times when people get divorced or break up, they're so bitter and angry cuz I guess the the story is that he got caught uh you know fooling around or whatever. And sometimes people get so angry that they their, their whole goal is to destroy the other person. Right. But that is poison. That'll poison you. It'll completely poison you. It'll consume you. It doesn't make you happy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make you feel any better. And then, of course, the cost of that, because I wonder how much the lawyers are making right now trying to sift through how they're going to pay her out and what this all looks like. Imagine if she was just 
clawing and fighting how much that would cost. That's what uh, I'm saying. Yeah. You know? I mean, it it would have been everybody more money. Oh, you're talking about tens of billions of dollars. It's got to be... How, how much do you think the lawyers are going to be making? <laughs> would have made off this... Millions, yeah, probably hundreds yeah. of. Millions. I would say hundreds. Yeah, of millions, I would say maybe hundred million. Yeah, at least. To, to work through all that legal paperwork uh, yeah. and what that all looks chalk like. Chalk it up on their hours of the, <laughs> you yeah. know, but million the, dollar an hour. But just the also the the destruction on yourself. Uh, you know, is I don't care how much you hate someone. Of course, there's always justice. So you want to get your justice, but after a certain point, you're better off being like, fine, we're done. Let's make it clean. Let's do this so that we don't, you know. Like, I may hurt you, but I'm hurting myself in the process. That's not a very good uh, strategy, and it's all it's all driven by hate and anger, and it never feels good. It never makes you feel better. You're better off being like, "Fine, fuck you. Let's make it clean. Let's be done with this." And then you're off on your own, and I'm off on my own, and it still sucks. Don't get me wrong, but it's way better than what I see a lot of people do when they when they go through shit like that. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So speaking of like. Uh, news like this more trouble in uh hollywood good yep <laughs> so you've got uh over thir- more fires to put out yeah huh? over thirteen thousand members of the uh wga with the the writers guild association uh-huh. or something i think uh-huh. that's what it's called um they're uh threatening to fire all the agents that work between them and like the shows something like the agencies are corrupt and not looking out for their interests they're they're package they package deals to get the films and series done, which doesn't allow the writers much room to negotiate. Huh. And it's just a it's an old system that's been around forever that everybody's just accepted because it was the only way that these writers could could be successful and make money. But now with all these streaming services uh-huh. coming around, there's other opportunities. And so they're like, fuck you now, now and so you're gonna see a big revolt over there in Hollywood. I'm telling you right wow. now, it's the beginning. More legs just getting cut out from under them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then at the same time, you got Thursday, uh, Disney is giving uh, giving their sneak peek to their streaming service. Mm. So that's going to be interesting. And then Netflix, I don't know if you guys saw this, just dropped their, their response to uh, Disney's, because uh, Disney owns Discovery, right? Yeah. So they've got the what's it called, Animal Planet, or yeah, what, what's yeah, the yeah. big what's the big one that everybody loves to watch? That's uh, Discovery. Discovery uh, is it like Earth or something like that? Yeah, whatever it Blue is. Blue Planet, Planet Earth. Yeah, Blue Planet. I yeah, think it's yeah, Blue Planet. Yeah. I think is a Discovery, right? So they they're owned by Disney, and so Disney is pull. It was planning on pulling all the all this content to go to their streaming service, which would then in turn. Well, I didn't know this, but over the last four years. Netflix has been shooting their Our Planet. Have you seen some of the some of it yet? So I, I saw I saw clips of it. It's like brilliant. Yeah, they did a phenomenal. It's really good. Yeah, they did a phenomenal job. And the writing that and what I like about the streaming services with the writing is they take a little bit more risks mm-hmm. with how they 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 write things and put them together. I was watching, I can't remember the name of it now, but it's a it's a show of these t- these teenagers. Who are going into high school and they grew up and it looks like East LA, but it has a lot of the flavor of the '90s, even though it's it's current. Can't remember the name of the show. It was really good, but the writing is is so smart because what I get from some of the shows on Netflix, like Sex Education, is like this. Things happen on that show that for sure could never happen in real life. So it's almost like an alternate universe, but that's also kind of realistic, realistic, which allows them to be more creative with how they write things, how the people communicate to each other. How the the you know how the people in the in the show uh, dress and act like there's this like again like the show that I'm talking about I can't remember the name of it it's got this I was almost confused for a second I'm like is this the 90s yeah. they were listening to 90s music 
The cars kind of seemed, the, the style seemed kind of 90s. They weren't really on their phones that much, but then they were on their phones a little bit. So I'm like, no, this is actually, and then they went to a party that said 2018. But I'm like, see, they, they can have that creativity to be kind of weird. So the, the other side of that coin, though, that I'm seeing that I don't know, it's going to be interesting if it continues to grow and uh, and it'll be funny to see if people uh, start to get pissed off about this. So because it's so free like that, one of the things they do is they can write a, in an idea like a like a film or like a show like you're talking about right now, and they'll just put it out there without even the second or the third season written, right? Mm-hmm. And then they test it and they see how well it it scores or how well it's being shared or watched or whatever. So what's happened to me is there's been shows that I actually really like. That they they cut after they cut. Mm-hmm. after season two. Well, two, isn't two. that also that they're moving it like you you're mentioning Disney like pulling a lot of their content. Like for me, it was The Punisher, and I oh, I really got into that show. It was awesome, and then I found out they cut you know funding towards that show, and they pulled it from Netflix. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? I was getting into that show. Yeah, but I'm sure that Disney will. Yeah, they're gonna take it. And yeah, it. they'll take it and bring it. So that, I think that was just the process of Disney starting to pull all their stuff off of Netflix. So Netflix isn't getting that right. Yeah. So I'm sure if it was doing well, it'll do well there. But I'm wondering even about like these little sh- small niche shows that you find and you're like, oh, I really like this. It speaks to me. It's awesome. But it's only you and 40,000 other people. Yeah. And that's not enough to keep it it's you not know. like a mega hit. It's just like, yeah. You yeah, get, so you get kind of like all excited, you know, yeah. like, oh, I like this show. Like Red Oaks was like this. That's I, how I feel about the Oakland A's. Mm. So there you go. <laughs> you know, I get real excited about these players and they just fucking ship well, them off. Well, you know what? Then it's just going to be, I mean, they're just catering to their their market and their views. And so you're going to like stuff that's a lot of people aren't going to like and that's going to kind of suck, but whatever. Yeah. But you have the variety and it allows them, it gives them the flexibility to kind of do things that are a little bit here, a little bit there. A little well, weird. you know what I was I was thinking about um, because streaming. I mean, it's it's taking over. Like Hollywood, you're, you're already seeing that, and you brought that up. Like I I was thinking about that because I was just at the movie theaters and we were like sitting in these real comfortable chairs, you know, that recline, you fold out, all that kind. Of, they're trying to make the movie experience, mm-hmm. you know, a little more high end and. But I'm like, at one point, do they take a show like a Game of Thrones and they just show it in the movie theater? That'd be rad. Yeah, I think that. Uh, it's, How though? That'd be fucking. 30, yeah, well, you 40 just hours. do one, you know, one like episode and then you watch it like that i don't know how it works i'm just saying that like that's 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 where all the content's going so why wouldn't the theater pay you attention throw right to it? throw right yeah. yeah. that's a fucking 40 hour movie bro <laughs> you can yeah. get a lot of popcorn you gotta book yeah. a week off yeah. of work just yeah. to watch fucking game of thrones yeah. in the theater that, that reminds me of like what my, my daughter said the other yeah. day she's like papa what if they invented ice cream that was super healthy so you could eat it all the time. Like, well, that's yeah. nice, honey, but it's not going to work. I was just in the theater in um, uh, the Prune Yard. And have yeah. you been to that theater? Yeah, yeah. Where you order no. food. Yeah. Dude, you order food, drinks. So I'm drinking alcohol in there. I'm having like- I wish, it, I wish the, the food's f- not bad. Uh, you yeah. didn't like it? I didn't like it. I had these carne asada tacos. Give me oh, I didn't have that. So oh, that they were good, dude. Yeah, they have that in Scotts Valley. They have, uh, you could drink, uh, they have a whole full bar and everything. It's great. It's great. Oh, I, it's I have, awesome. I, I have mixed feelings on that. So I one, I didn't care for the food very much. Two, you know, you constantly have waiters running running ta- running tables or running the pl- all the whole time during the show. So it's a bit distracting 
if you have a show that you're really into and you're it's just like if you were to be sitting there and you constantly have somebody getting up going to the bathroom all the time oh it's yeah. like that so you actually have tables and it's like a restaurant well no, you're no, sitting in chairs you're but- sitting in recliner chairs just like the one you're talking about Justin except for you have like a bigger you know my 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 little desk thing that yeah whatever over. the fuck you call that that folds in front of fold up like yeah, side table yeah your thing. little TV TV fucking dinner thing whatever right. that folds in front of you that you, then you have a like a um, a call button on your thing mm-hmm. and you hit it and then that tells the waiter to come over to you and then he, you take your order oh interesting so and he comes over and he has like a little light to flash on the menu and you and he takes your order and then they come back so you've you got one people whispering their orders and talking their orders during the the thing you got you got a, a waiter going running food trays back and forth how eh. how many times have you been there. Hmm. Uh, I don't know, probably six or seven. Oh, that many times? Yeah, yeah. I only did it once. And yeah, I've been there the, quite a few The times. waiters came. I only did it once. The waiters came mostly in the beginning. I didn't see too much, but I guess it sounds like it's different each time you, you might get. Yeah, you're right. There's been times where it hasn't been that. There's There's been times when it annoyed me and then times I didn't notice it yeah. very much. So, so I'm going to take my kids there because I think they're going to have a great experience. Like, How fun would that be? And be like, hey, kids, guess what? We're having dinner tonight. Yeah, I think the kids would love it. I think yeah. I, I think being I'm, this is me griping like an old man, right? Fucking, <laughs> I know most kids probably don't mind that shit, but yeah. I like to. So I try and schedule movies when most people wouldn't be at the theater. Like Katrina and I will go at a weird Tuesday night. And go watch movies because I know that's the least time that there, there's traffic in there, and I yeah. and I'll always wait until week two or three of a release because I don't mm-hmm. like going on opening weekend because I I don't even like the sound of everybody chomping their popcorn. Yeah, that's like it's weird to me. It just mm. it, it, it makes my skin crawl here. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, now you just fuck with everybody on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Adam. <laughs> hey, everybody. This is annoying. Um, it, but I, I did enjoy it. I think the kids will enjoy it. It's just interesting to see them scramble to figure out ways to fill uh, seats because yeah. they're kind of fucked a little bit, right? Your, your at-home experience is now rivaling in, in terms well, of sound so and quality. Yeah, and the content's so much better. Yep, yep. Well, yeah. you, have you seen the other things they do that I this is, I think, is smart. Like, they're hosting, like, UFC events. Or that's big, what I mean. They're trying to or, scramble. Or championship basketball games. Oh, that, really? Yeah, to me, that's kind of cool. Like, huh. I'm like, oh, okay, I would normally go to my buddy's house. He would rent it for 60 bucks. Yeah, I'd watch a UFC fight right. on a big screen. Be yeah, sick. yeah. So I, like, and then it's a shared experience. Yeah, yeah and yeah, then, yeah, yeah, exactly. People would yell. That's kind of, that's where you want things to be loud, right? right. Or a sporting well, event. Like, that's cool. Courtney and I went one time with my friend, too. Like, uh, the, the Rio, I think, is the theater downtown in, in Santa Cruz. And they, they play, like, old classics sometimes. So we wouldn't watch the uh, Big Le- Oh, yeah. And everyone was talking shit and throwing stuff, and it was it was a riot, dude. And like it was one of those where you, everybody's drinking a White Russian, you know. And it's oh, like, that's fun. yeah. So it, I mean, there's ways that they can make like a group kind of experience out of it. Still, I'm sure, but yeah, do you it's think going to change? Do you think it'll continue to survive, or do you think it'll die eventually? Oh, I think it'll be more gonna, of a novelty. Uh, yep, I don't. I think it's gonna it's gonna slowly die as as the experience becomes more. It's easier to have at home. It's cheaper. Um, but I do think that it'll survive in some aspect. Like they're gonna have to figure out how to get people to go somewhere, spend fifty bucks or whatever. I mean, when you think about it, the only thing that is keeping it alive is the fact that you gotta go there. If you, you can't wanna... wait. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. that would just instantly kill oh, that'd, it. That'd be done. It'd be done. Yeah. If if a movie you wanted to see came out and the same day I could pay for it streaming, dude. Well, that's why I get so pissed when it leaks, right? And somebody like does, uh, like they film it, or and then they distribute it. it. It like kills their whole business. Just to show you how powerful Hollywood is, too. You get caught doing that, and they'll fuck you up big time. Like yeah. you get caught. 
distributing it's like stuff. a federal offense or whatever. yeah like it's a big it's like a big deal because that's yeah. how that shows you how i mean i could go rob a liquor store right now remember back in cassette, not as bad video cassette days the the fbi warning yeah at the, the fbi yeah that's was right. it, have we, an fbi warning on video if cassette. you copied it yes like, just did that oh, bro. Oh, it should protect their, that industry no they're screwed they have to figure it out because if these stream as these streaming services get better and better and their writing gets better and better and they start to rival movies like what are you going to do? How are you going to how are you going to pull people to your theater? Right now what they're banking on are series and these superhero movies. They're making a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh and I I forget uh, uh who we had on that was talking about that in terms of like, like Jim Quick. Oh, no, about uh, overseas like how they have to have like superhero movies cuz those do the best. They translate overseas. Yeah, cuz it's not about really the dialogue as much as it's about like the action. And action movies perform really well like yeah. internationally. Yeah. And which is probably the only reason why they're performing the way they are. Yeah. Mm. And that's when all you, you see. It's right. like all here like it's like dude, it's too much. When you hear about these these movies breaking like the, I told you guys the sellout how what you might call it broke the internet with uh Yeah, Endgame. Uh, yeah. Avengers Endgame. But when you think about about it, it's probably because it's worldwide, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and everybody is watching it all over the place. Where if you have something that's kind of targeted towards our culture, yeah. like nobody in Japan gives a fuck no. about that. What's you know? happening is if you want good writing, you go to streaming. If you want special effects and action and explosions, then you go to the movies. Yeah, uh, because you can't get good writing anymore. They don't bank on that anymore. It's too big of a risk no, to have right. good dialogue, good writing. It's a it's big risk. People don't pay big money to go watch that kind of stuff. You're not going to see a movie like Memento. Like that'll just be like a, a Netflix thing. No, and it's at first I get sad about it because I'm like, damn it. But then I think, no, no, it's just a different. They're just going to move different. They're different platforms. Yeah. Because the writing on Netflix and HBO and Showtime and I mean it's brilliant oftentimes, and they can spread the right get real creative because they can do seasons yeah. of writing. Have you guys noticed your own like uh, habits? Like uh, I know I was a major moviegoer. Oh, I, I am I was huge. A, I was a major moviegoer. Yep. And man, not anymore, man. I, Katrina and I like I love the fact that we have. I mean, I can run right downstairs to my garage, my DoorDash. I can time my DoorDash to be there by the time we start. Our, our movie I've got the badass surround sound in there you know so for the for the and I could rent a movie so even if it's I'm going through Apple even if it's mm-hmm. not my free streaming service and I'm renting like a newer type movie I just got to wait you know what is it the three month lag time for yeah. it to hit my thing it's costing me thirteen ninety nine or whatever plus the food deli- the food that I want delivered right to my my door you know, I'm I'm out 30, 40 bucks in the comfort of my home. Yeah. Oh, man. The only time I'm actually even going to the movies now is for the kids. Yep. If some something's for the kids, or if it's a superhero driven movie, or uh, like horror. Those are the only categories. Like so, like like horror is actually still really cool to go like to the movies because everybody's like, ah, yeah, yeah, it's because together. You, it's because you get too scared at home. Yeah, yeah. let's you be do. honest. Yeah. <laughs> you, feel, you feel safer in the called theater. out. I tried yeah. to get you guys called to out. watch that one movie, and you guys were like, you know how I feel about scary movies. Yeah, dude. I know. I don't. Know. It's so funny how you make fun of me for not wanting to go fly up in a jet and nine G's, but you won't watch a scary movie on your couch. <laughs> well, that's because the, there's difference. Okay, it's yeah, different. one can kill you. Yeah. The other no, one's no, no, just no, no, that's oh, no, not fake that's physical not experience. I don't. I watch movies because it's one of the things, that, and I don't know if this is just me. There's got to be somebody out there that can relate to this. Movies are all the ladies out there. One of the <laughs> <laughs> so sexist. Tell me more. So sexist. <laughs> movies are my way of shutting this brain of mine down that just is all over the map all day long. Like I just. 
I'm in my head all the time, uh, constantly. And when I watch a movie and I can get into a movie, it, it calms me down. It relaxes me. It's just, it's one of my favorite pastimes to relax and chill. When watching a movie, and it's a great analogy that you pair it to the jet thing, that, or watching a scary movie is like that for me, which I like roller coasters. I like scary jets that could almost die. But I don't like doing that with my movies. Don't fuck up my pastime that I've already figured out what I like. And so a scary movie fucks up that pastime for me. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I think if you go into it knowing that's what you're going to do, like, I'm going to watch something scary. It's like an event. This, Yeah, Instead of like just, yeah, consuming it. Oh, you know what I do? Like, if I'm home alone, which is rare, but if I'm home alone, that's the time when I'll do it. And I'll turn all the by fucking, yourself. Yes, I'll turn all the lights off. And the point for me, and it has to be good. It's got to be well written. If it's just jumping shit and bloody uh, stuff, that's I'll turn it off. Like this. I used to do that actually uh, when I used to live with these guys. Uh, there was this game that we had that was like fucking scary. It was a scary, like suspenseful game where like zombies would jump out of windows at you randomly. And I would turn all the lights off, and like I was sitting there just playing by myself, and somebody come home from work and be like, ah. Oh, it's you know, so great. Jump. That's what I do. I turn off all the lights. It's me by myself. And I'm like, let's yeah. get, I'm going to fucking feel disturbed after. And, if it, and I know it's a good scary movie if I'm not the same for well, a couple days. You like days. those really twisted, like oh. I can't get a lot of that imagery out of my that, head kind of movies. That's like, what no I mean. Thanks, that's what I mean. Like if I come <laughs> to work. is wrong with yeah. you? Like if I come yeah. to work the next day and you guys are like, what's wrong? No, bro? no, no. Like <laughs> I'm all about getting thrilled and like, you know, like I got a chainsaw and I'm running after you. Yeah, great. Not the ones that are just like. Dude, hold me. Hereditary yeah, did like, that. Hereditary got me. Like I feel dirty. I felt I a little wash. I myself. felt weird afterwards. I was like, yeah. damn, I don't feel normal. Yeah, because no, not only do you, awful. Not only do you fuck up my movie experience, then you fuck up my sleep that night. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, I, I sleep. Like, I like, like lose hope for humanity <laughs> after I watch those kinds of movies. I'm like, no. Yeah. Oh no, I sleep like a like yeah. a baby. Oh, the the show I was talking about on Netflix is called On On My Block. It's actually a pretty good show. Anyhow, you know, I was having another thought, um, and I wrote this down this weekend. I was having a discussion with someone online, and they were asking me questions about, you know, why recommend certain rep ranges, uh, you know, because studies will show that this one builds the most muscle and this, mm-hmm. that, and the other. Mm-hmm. And it really dawned on me the difference between somebody who has lots of knowledge of information versus somebody who just has lots of experience, which then, you know, turns into wisdom. And so I thought to myself, like, hmm. How different Adam and Justin would answer this question versus a researcher? So I'll pose the question for you, mm. and then I'm going to tell you how the researcher would answer, and I know exactly how you guys would answer. So if I were to talk to a, a fitness researcher, and I were to say to them, hey, uh, which rep range builds the most muscle, five reps or 20 reps, they're going to spout off what the research shows. Well, the research shows that 20 reps have performed right. failure may build more muscle. I know exactly how you guys are going to respond. And the way you guys would respond is, well, who are we asking for? Yeah, it depends. For? Like, give me all the background. Yeah, exactly. How have they been training? What have they not been training? What's the context? Yeah. And this is why it's so important, uh, you know, especially for fitness professionals out there to communicate information, but also combine it with your wisdom and understand the complex, uh, com- uh, the, the context. And for people who are seeking fitness information, always remember that, that a study reflects what happened in those conditions to those particular types of individuals does not necessarily apply to you right. uh, with your history and your past and all that stuff. So I, funny you went this direction because I literally got an email from uh, one of my clients and uh, she sent it over to me and it was, she says, you know, great read, check this out. And it's an article that is showing, is making the 
God, I'm trying to find it right now so I could share it on this on this podcast. But I'll, I'll go ahead and summarize it, and hopefully I don't I don't massacre it. But it basically is saying the the benefits of hit, and and they they did this. They like took the study of uh, groups from like 30 years old to 40 years old, and then like above 50 years old, and they actually like measured on a cellular level what's happening and changing and it's again what what i see right away when i see them like okay we're totally over complicating something that is a very simple way to look at this and they're gonna and i can already halfway through it i'm reading i'm like i already know they're trying to make an argument by the way that they're formulating the study and it, and it gets people like my very intelligent clients like these are very intelligent clients of mine that send this stuff because and when you read it it sounds very smart the way it's put and the way they're, they're the the case they're making is how important it is for somebody who's as they age to be pushing and doing this high intensity type of training mm. and you Boy, know the, the context matters so much in oh, that. well and not only that but it's and here's the challenging part it's really good and a lot of it is all truth yeah but it's not the whole story and that does, was my does that really apply to this person that's asking well, you well and and my response to her was there's a lot of truth in this in this study that i think are, that's important but there's more to the story. And I said, there's, you have to take into consideration that when they do something like this and they make this case, they're always doing it in a, you know, four to six week window. And they, they stay, it's because they have to, they have to, they have to control it. Right. And the, yeah. one of the ways to control it is putting it in a time frame, splitting the age groups and saying, you only have so much money for this study. Right. And so here's, and so here's where, where I'm going with this. So this, the, the study basically was making this case for why HIT training is, is so important. And they're recommending that you're doing it, HIT training three times a week for a, you know, older population. Terrible. Right. And, and, and I, and their, their whole angle is the, the importance of, of pushing and stressing the body at those higher levels to, to basically create new, new fresh cells that regenerate and Here, strengthen. Here's the key in that hmm. pushing your body to adapt is very different from person to person. And I can tell you mm -hmm. 100% honesty, of all the 40-year-old people that I've trained, a large chunk of them hit training would have been completely inappropriate. It would have been totally disastrous for them to do it. They would have been fine for four weeks well, and then it would have caused problems. Not exactly. And this is what I, what I and so they, they compared it to like just strength training, then hit training, and then like a combination of both, and you know what what all happened, all of it. And at the end of the study, obviously, uh, doing all of it or uh, uh, bits of all of it would be most ideal. But even at bare minimum, doing at least hit three times a week was like this the, the case they tried to make. And I said, well, here's the thing: that's in a six week window. What I know from training clients for a very long time at all ages is that I can make the case that strength training is just purely. Pure strength training is is superior long term because of what you're going to build muscle wise. Also, the fact that you if you push the body at this high intensity uh, level, the body eventually adapts to no matter what we throw at it. So if you you stretch yourself doing hit three times a week, and that's what gives you these great results in this four to six week window. What do you have to do in order to continue to see more results? And is that building a stronger, faster metabolism, or is that a, a quicker, faster way to burn more calories? So there's a lot of other factors that are going into play here, and to isolate just one modality of training and say it's superior than another is not telling the full story. It's also mm -hmm. not considering the individuals that we're talking about. I could have two different individuals, and they could, and I could do a full assessment, know about their history of exercise and all that stuff, and one of them hit training will be very appropriate and give them great results. And the other person, it'll be the exact wrong thing 
that they could possibly do. It will not only hurt them, but it may actually produce hormonal issues or just overstress their already stressed body. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so important, and that's why I brought up what I said was a researcher is just going to answer to you. Mm -hmm. Oh, the research shows this rep range builds the most muscle. A somebody with experience is going to say, who are we talking about? What yeah. was their exercise let's, let's history? Let's collect the entire story. That's it. And that's the only way you could get a, a, you know, an accurate answer to something like that. It makes a huge difference. Actually, it makes all the difference. Yes. And, and this is the big this is the big problem I have with the the researcher PhD fitness types who come out and talk all about the studies. They completely negate the 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 person that you're working with on the other side. Oh, and then, then like a bunch of assholes, we all end up, you know arguing with each other yeah. who's more right and and trying to prove each other wrong with other studies when in reality everyone's right and everybody's fucking wrong it just depends on who we're talking to and that that to me and i know that frustrates some people because I, I see it in our like our feedback on our show sometimes is that they you know we get teased a little bit about when we answer some of our questions it we tend to lead with, well, it depends, and then we go into this talk, and it's like, oh, you know, Mind Pump can't ever give like a straight answer. Well, it's because it never is a fucking straight no, answer. Impossible. Just because all the study and the research shows something, and that's another thing too, is like, well, that's that, that's such a very, even thousands of people in a study group is still a very small, well, think small about this, percentage. There's few people that actually consider like holistically all the systems of the body and so when you start to compartmentalize it and really zero in on that one thing that you think is going to make the biggest difference in improvement it may affect the other systems of the body adversely that's right and fitness is not a four six week 12 week 12 month right. process it's a lifetime thing fitness is uh, is forever um and here's the other thing i mean this is a very simple example think of the kinds of people that sign up for a study on hit training. Think about that for a second. If you're where do you where do the people get the subjects to test? Do they go out in the street and just pull someone no, and say it's all fuck self-selection. it? Self-selection. There's self-selection going on. Now, what kind of person is going to sign up for a study? First of all, somebody who's got time mm -hmm. to do a study. So they're probably not super stressed out individuals. Yeah. Uh, they don't have a hammered schedule. So they got the time to do a study. They're also interested in doing a fitness study. There's a little bit of a self-selection bias that's going on there. And they're they're even capable of it, doing hit. That's right. It, because what they don't do <laughs> yeah. is they don't tell you the people that no dropped shit. out. Right. Because whenever you do a study, there's always people that drop out. Mm -hmm. And if not too many people drop out, well, they just kind of take that out and we don't know what ended up happening. But let's say 38 people signed up for this and five of them are like, I can't do this. This hurts my joints. We're not going to talk about those We're not going to consider them. Right. Yeah, so those numbers don't count. This is all stuff. You, look, here, here's, a, here's another good example. Let's say I released a study that showed that supplementing with 5,000 IUs of vitamin D dramatically improved the health of 100 people who did my study. And that was all you read. And everybody's like, oh shit, this study's conclusive. Let's go take 5,000 IUs of vitamin D. Mm. But then when you look deeper, you realize that every single person in the study was deficient in vitamin D, which is why they had such tremendous health gains from taking vitamin D. If you're not deficient, you're going to get no benefit. You see this with supplements all the time. Testosterone boosters are my favorite. When you look at testosterone boosters, they show, hey, you know, this testosterone booster raised testosterone 23% in men, but you don't when you look a little closer, these are men who had low testosterone and had health issues as a result of and the 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 supplement brought their testosterone up to normal. When you give it to regular health men with normal testosterone levels, does jack shit doesn't boost anything right, yeah. these are all the things that you want to pay attention when you're looking at these things 
And that's, I think, where experience comes into play, which is why oftentimes we say it depends. But I will say this. There, ge- there are general truths that we stick to. Um, they're just general. Everything else that's specific is down to the individual. So right. anyway, yep. uh, but I was going to ask you, um, Adam, about uh, how everything was going at home with Katrina and the baby. And oh, is she having cravings like crazy? Is she? Um, she was saying the other day she wasn't sleeping very. She said she got up. She gets up to pee as much as you do now. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's that's been, those are exact words. That, that's been funny because uh, that yeah. I'm notorious for that. Uh, I definitely get up two to three times a night to go to the restroom, and so it's funny that we pass each other now. So one of us will wake the other one up, not intentionally, you know, just you do from, kind of a head nod, like Ugh. no, yeah. I mean, I'm even like I, I, I it's funny because I've bumped into her a few times, like trying to walk the bath in the dark. You know, we're in the dark yeah. walking to the bathroom, so and I hear her up, and you know, I have to go. And in the past, I would get up and try and, and go head that way when I hear her coming back. But now you got to wait. I wait till she climbs in the bed, then I go that way so we I don't trip over the dogs or trip over her. So yeah, that's kind of the been this, and I've never had to share my bathroom time in the middle of the night. So this has become <laughs> a little bit of a new thing. It's a bit of me. a dance. Yeah, huh? yeah, it's a little bit of a dance now. So that that's been uh, new. She's been consistent with the pickle thing, and she always says like, I, "Hun, I like. I don't know why you keep telling people I had this pickle addiction." Now I'm like, "Honey." We have we would have a kosher dill pickle thing. We always have pickles in our house. I like pickles. She likes pickles. But that one jar of pickles would last probably months in our in our at least a month, <laughs> where she's crushing you know a pickle jar uh, every two days or so. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, this, I said you're you're, you're you're eating more than normal, which is fine. I'm not, I'm not razzing her. I'm just I'm just saying that that's probably her. It's a craving. Yeah, it's her biggest craving that I've seen is that, although. Last night, and uh, this is the second time now. The uh, the new skinny dipped the mint the mint chocolate oh, one, bro, bro. Mine have been disappearing too. They are. I think I mean, those are popular. Well, they're my favorite yeah, for sure. I love them. And I think the other night was the first time that she had been introduced to them, and I <laughs> keep them in the freezer now. You should just destroy the bag. Oh, oh yeah. We, well, and the dangerous part was, so I took home. We got the case from Skinny Dip the other day, and they they typically send us. You know, a, a bunch of boxes that we can keep here in the studio for ourselves, which are all the mini packs, which is what I recommend to the listener. And then they have like the big pouch ones, which are like, you know, I think they're it's somewhere between 600, six, 700 calories if you were to eat the yeah, whole thing. several servings in there. Yeah, there's several servings in there. And I just, this, I don't have this self control, not when I'm watching TV, you know? So I, I love having the little bags. So what what I did is I'm 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 uh, I took all because I took all the big bags home because I left the, the little ones here at the studio. You took them all, huh? I, well, not all of them. Most of them. No, Just I didn't kidding. take. I didn't take. That's yeah, all. all right. You yeah. got a baby coming. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't get to do all that. So I'm 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 <laughs> ziplocking and portioning out the the bigger bags because it's just. It's otherwise. Are you weighing like how many ounces and stuff? Or yeah, like- yeah, because it tells you. So each bag is, uh, you know, I think it has three to five. I can't remember off the top of my head how many servings are each one of the in one of the main bags, and then I'm just dividing it up. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're getting a serving versus eating all five servings in one sitting because they they're, <laughs> yeah. they're a bit addictive. What are we having for yeah, dinner? That can honey? happen. Yeah. yeah, skinny dipped almonds. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> definitely been one of her her favorite. But for the most part, she's been you know really good. We haven't. We had uh, pizza for the first time since she's been pregnant, and she had mentioned wanting it like a, a couple weeks back, and I was like, ah, I wasn't really feeling it, and she wasn't like hard craving it. She was like, ah, well, I'll have it when we have it. We went back and visited my best friend and his mom, and uh, she they all wanted to go out to some Italian pizza restaurant place, and so we had some mm. there. But then she didn't feel good afterwards. She's just like, you know, anytime I eat off the radar or eat off my my healthy food, what she's loving too, um, 
I think I shared this the last um, commercial we did for a, a smoothie box is we're making the shit out of those popsicles. Mm. Uh, that works really well. I mean, that's been a, a been a nice like healthy. See, treat. I wish I would have had all this because uh, I remember when Courtney was having cravings, she was pregnant. Like she wanted one of those from Dairy Queen. You know those those blizzard like, blizzards oh, so God. bad. Like that was all she could think about. And then I finally caved in. I'm like, okay, so it was somewhere in the only one we could find was in San Jose. And of course, all my clients are in San Jose. And I'm like, dude. I just hope I don't see anybody. You know, I'm like in there, we're eating one of them. And of course, one of my clients walks in. And so it's like at that awkward moment, you're like, hey, what are you doing here? And then they're like, hey, what are you doing here? And I'm like, oh, we're, you know, Courtney had a craving. It's like running into your aunt at the sex toy shop. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? It was awkward. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that hasn't happened. That hasn't happened. That's, that's, happened, but, that's, uh, fucking, that's fucking weird. That's, I'm, I, I feel bad for you. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. All right, our first question is from Jack Fowler 88 to break through a plateau in my training, should I change up the exercises I'm doing or just change the number of reps I do? Mm. Mm. Either one of them yeah, will, will, will change things up and could potentially break through a plateau. But to make this fun, what do you guys think would be more effective I like breaking do, the plateau? I like to do both together. I, th- I feel like it's a, a bigger bang for your buck, right? It's uh, You're changing two major variables at the same time. Mm. And so I feel like I get a, a greater response with that. Now, I've done almost everything under the sun where I, I'll change just one variable, whether it be time, whether it be reps, whether it be exercises. Uh, or yeah. And what I like to do is combine one or two variables every time that I, I switch a phase or change something out. Because I feel like I get the greatest return when I yeah do that. I think I think for me like I will change one variable just to be consistently sort of like ahead of a plateau like so I want to make sure like yeah but if I feel like I'm kind of in a rut I I will change more variables at once so I'll do two to three different things uh, to make sure that my body's going to start responding again in a different way I you know to that point Justin that you're making me think of something right now too is like. It also de- back to it depends. It also yeah. depends. It also depends. We should start wearing depends, right? Yeah. It depends on where I'm at uh, in my training, training, and how consistent I am. So, yeah. me saying that I changed two variables, that's me being consistent, Adam. I've been training for quite some time, six times a, a week, and I've I've been very like this is what I would do when I was competing days, very very good. Right now. I'm so inconsistent that I don't. I wouldn't change two variables. I would just change one. Well, so right I, now, breaking your plateau would just be consistent. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. True. That's yeah. that's yeah. that's yeah. what totally. I, that's that's a good that's what my point I'm trying to make mm-hmm. is that it. I don't need to do. I don't need to throw a bunch at it right now yeah. because I haven't even been weight training very consistently. So the the variable change doesn't need to be that much. But I feel like the more consistent and the more I've been throwing at my body the more I need to kind of vary to, to feel significant change or difference every time I go into like well, a new phase. Well, I think if you're really experienced and you are experienced with exercises and you can get into the form easily and you know your body well, um, then yeah, change both. But for a lot of beginner, a lot of lifters who don't have tons of experience, it might be better just to change one because going from, let's say, low reps to high reps and changing exercises 
might be so much that it's a lot for the person to get used to and they can't maximize each thing. But just to make things fun, if you had to pick just one, which one do you think people would gain the most benefit from? Changing exercises or reps? Yeah. If you had to change just- Oh, exercise for sure. You think so? Oh, 100%. So keep the reps the same? I don't even think that's a debate. I think that the difference between a barbell back squat and a Bulgarian split stance squat is so incredibly different that you could do the exact same rep range and your body yeah. will see... Or even a front squat versus a back Right, that's squat. what I mean. The yeah. ex- exercises can be... so Now, okay, again, depends. Yeah, because I'm Because it depends on how it. close the exercise is related, right? Because the difference between uh, squatting five reps and then you decide all of a sudden you're going to go and do... Um, like, let's say you were, you were barbell back squatting and then you go to dumbbell squatting. Like, yeah, the difference of that exercise and anything, it, the difficulty of the, the two... Well, they'd like, have to match, yeah, like the, like intensity or like whatever it's providing. Like So mm-hmm. like a backloaded... You mentioned like a dumbbell squat. You're not going to get the same kind of you know right. response Yeah, see, that. I would typically recommend, depending on the person, but for a lot of people, I would recommend just changing the reps because... It takes a long time to get really fucking good at certain exercises. Well, again, that's you know it, what I'm saying. Again, it, you have to you you have to give me some more context on who I, am I talking to me? No, to you, see like, yeah, someone like you, change both. Right, you have enough experience that you can change exercises. Yeah, I've done all those exercises a hundred times right. over, and so my mechanics on all of them it takes me two reps to get yeah. into like the form. Well, of and it. to your point of like, you know, consistency being the one that's like, you know, taking you out of the plateau of not being consistent. I think the general public would probably benefit more from one variable because then they're still honing in on this new thing. Exactly, yeah. like you think of the average lifter who's been working out for a year or two um do i want to take them out of back squats deadlifts and rows uh probably maybe not maybe what i'm going to do is say okay let's mess with the rep ranges work on endurance maybe work within the form of that particular exercise so instead of going so low with your squat now that you're lighter maybe you can go a little bit lower and do more repetitions i like that under two years i like that under under two years if you've been training uh, stick with the the, the the core movements or the core exercises and that you're doing adjust the reps. and adjust the reps. If you're somebody who's three years to five years, you know, maybe change both variables. If you're somebody beyond that, you can have lots of fun with it. I mean, I yeah. think that's the more advanced you get, the more variables I, I would say you can play with at the yeah, same time. Yeah, then you start looking at unconventional shit like me. It's yeah, like, and what you'll find, and here's a good gauge of whether or not you know you're going to, uh, something you're doing is good for is going to be good for breaking through a plateau is when you change the variable, how bad did you suck at it? Mm-hmm. So like if I did, if I do barbell squats all the time and I go do a Bulgarian split stand squat and I have to go way down on the weight, and sometimes I have to go to body weight. It's a new exercise. I have no stability or control in it. I don't, I'm not able to generate as much force. Now I got to go to body weight. I know that the upswing is going to be real high. Right. Because how often are, do you get the opportunity to gain 10 or 15 pounds of strength in an exercise on a weekly basis, especially after you've been working out for a few years. No, it's very, very low. But when I do a new exercise and I do it and I'm like, wow, I suck at this. I know I'm going to see very fast. There's going to be a lot of improvement there. Exactly. So when you go into a new modality and you're like this, here's another one. Like I trained for a long time in low rep ranges. I got stuck there for a while. I had a lot of fun doing it. And I remember at one point I'm like, my joints were sore and I'm like, okay, it's time for me to work in the higher rep range. And I said, I'm going to go 15 to 20, which is really high compared to where I was. And I remember I had to back way down the weight and I get super exhausted. 
like one set and I'm like, my God, I'm dying right now. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be good because I suck at this. So I have all this room to improve. And sure enough, it was, it was great progress in terms of, you know, breaking through a plateau. So I, I would say, look at all the variables. If you're newer in your lifting, just pick one. If you're more advanced, you can go ahead and go for two. Next question is from Brendan Wilson, 97. How can meditation help your gains in the gym? I think, uh, and we're talking specifically about meditation, but I'm going to make it broad. Like parasympathetic and sympathetic. Yeah, I'm going to talk about, uh, you know, uh, prioritizing your body's ability to relax, repair, recover, recover, you know, be not distracted, uh, get good sleep, that kind of stuff. I think that's the most underrated yet one of the most powerful things people can do. Studies, by the way, are backing this up now. Studies are showing now that when people incorporate some kind of a mindful meditative practice in their weight loss journey, that their far their bodies burn more body fat. Well, it's honestly like the most challenging thing right now in our current environment in modern world uh, to be able to you know like remove yourself from all the stimulus and all the potential stressors that we face all day long. So it's it's at the highest priority right now in terms of like trying to gain strength and and, and recover. Yeah. Well, think about it this way, right? So if you're in this because uh, your body doesn't really decipher between, uh, you know, stresses, like a stress is a stress on the body. It's either a lot of stress or a moderate or a low amount of stress. And a lot of the stress that we um, go through in modern societies is this kind of low to moderate constant stress. So we don't get the same like, oh shit, volcano exploded, or oh my God, there's a, uh, you know, lion chasing a raptor going to eat me. Yeah, you're not. (laughs) I'm going way back. (laughs) Before humans existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we don't really experience a whole lot of that, but we have kind of this low to moderate level of constant, consistent stress. And when your body's stressed out, this is the state that it's in. So let me paint the picture for you. When your body's stressed, remember this, for most of human civilization, low to moderate constant levels of stress probably meant that you didn't have food. It probably meant that you were struggling to find stability in your shelter and food because high levels of stress meant, oh, fuck, I'm going to die. Something's killing me. Moderate levels of stress were like, oh, my gosh, let's figure out this food situation. That was one of the biggest problems that humans had for a long time. And so in that stressed situation or environment, your body, which evolved most of the time having to deal with not having food, is thinking to itself, okay, we're moderate levels of stress, probably means that we're not around a consistent supply of food. Let's store more calories. Let's prevent ourselves from building a lot of muscle because muscle is expensive and it burns more calories. Let's set ourselves up to survive this moderate level of stress. Your body doesn't know that you're just working a lot of hours, not getting good sleep, and working out too hard. So what ends up happening is your body adapts less. It becomes less effective at adapting. You actually build muscle at a slower rate, and you burn body fat at a, at a much slower rate. But it, everything stops matching. The hormones aren't ideal for fat burning and muscle building. Instead, they're ideal for stress and for quick energy burn. The, the way your body assimilates food, your inflammatory response, all these things are not ideal for you getting to your goals. And so what we're finding is that when people do their workout nutrition and incorporate some kind of a practice to bring their body into more of that parasympathetic type state, their bodies just react better. And I'm not even talking about how much easier it is 
to eat healthy when you're not in a constant state of stress. Mm -hmm. Because most of us who eat terribly or don't make good food choices are doing so because we're, you know, we're medicating with food. We're either trying to distract ourselves or we're sad or we're stressed or we're anxious and we're feeding ourselves. And think about it, when you're in a very calm, relaxed, self-aware state, the, the, the strength and motivation that you have to eat foods that are good for you versus reaching for something that's going to give you that immediate you know, hedonistic pleasure is much better. It's also easier to stay consistent with your workouts. You have better energy for your workouts. Just across the board, I think this is the missing piece. I really well, do. Well, I think this this message is going to gain traction in the the bodybuilding, the aesthetic world, uh, really quick. Because I I think that to your point, Sal, that we at right now we don't count sitting on our laptop, you know, at the coffee shop, plugging away on your computer as as a stress. We don't count sitting on our phone, you know, with our feet up on the couch. And, you know, scrolling through Instagram and reading the comments that someone said about you and how you look goofy or going back and forth with an argument on somebody on somebody's. We don't we don't think that's stress, but our body doesn't like you said to your point, doesn't know the difference. Like it doesn't know the difference if that's a low level of stress or not. And so I think that the more we start to piece that together, the more this message of having these scheduled bouts of time that. You don't do anything like that where, you know, it can be meditation. It doesn't necessarily, and I think we have always had this image of some guy with his legs crossed and folded and, you know, kumbaya and trying to, and, and, Wearing and those it, poncho pants. Right. I, I think, I think that way, that, that way of thinking is we're, we're beyond that. And I think it could be something just as simple as lying out on a beach and just, looking into the clouds and letting the sun hit you and watching the waves crash or may, yeah, taking a hike like you do with yeah. your kids back in, in nature and look at a creek, running creek water and stuff like that. Like These practices uh, don't need to be so hippie yoga meditation-like, but I think the practices of disconnecting from all these other outside sources that cause these low levels of stress in our life, I think that this message is going to to, to grow. Yeah, absolutely. I. I, it makes me think too of, uh, I mean, the questions about like building muscle and, uh, you know, for me, like we've talked to even high level bodybuilders, like, what's well, the secret? What are they doing? Like over in Kuwait or, you know, wherever Dubai mm -hmm. and like, they're just like, no, they're just eating, sleeping, training and repeat and undistracted. Mm -hmm. Right. And that, that's the formula. It's like the, there's none of this like outside influence and things pulling you left and right and, it's it's dedicated training in, in the right dose and then also, you know, the sleep that's going to match it to recover. Did you know that you can predict somebody's uh, long-term uh, survivability or their risk factors for all-cause mortality m more accurately by looking at their social network than if they smoked? Did you know it makes a bigger impact? What do you mean? So, explain that. So if somebody has, if somebody's isolated, doesn't have a lot of friends, doesn't really have good, deep, meaningful connections, that's a greater risk to your health than smoking cigarettes. This has been established. Oh, wow. So these things make a massive difference. Unplugging, becoming less distracted, becoming present, focusing on kind of what's important and meaningful, which is the people around you, your relationships with them, enjoying those things. Watch what happens to your body, to your ability both to... Stick to your nutrition, be
be consistent with your training, but also the physiological response. Because I'm talking about the psychological and the physiological. The psychological in the sense that it makes it easier. Look, when I'm, I've worked with lots of clients, okay? I know when I have clients that are super stressed out, to get them to eat right is so much harder. They want more alcohol. They want more sugar. They want more processed food. It's just much, much more difficult. When they're relaxed about it and everything's cool, it's much easier for them to make those good decisions. Mm-hmm. But we're also finding that there's a physiological response as well from being in these kind of low levels of constant stress where the body literally doesn't want to adapt as well as it would if it felt like it it, it could, like it could prioritize a little bit of muscle building and some fat loss. Like watch what happens. It makes that big of a difference to the point now where the people I even work with, the few people I work with online, this is a big part of their coaching. And I figured this out the last few years uh, you know, of my training. It makes that big of a difference. The evidence is already there. So I'd say definitely put this in your routine. And you know, here's the other thing. I was reading that book. You asked me about the, the book I was reading earlier. And Ben Shapiro on there said that one of his favorite parts of the week, because when you're, you know, if you follow like Jewish, you know, tradition and custom and, and religion, there's like a 24, excuse me, a 25 hour period where you're supposed to not use any modern yeah. technology or electronics. Which is brilliant. And he said, because he's such a workaholic and stuff, he's like, that's my favorite time of the week. I turn everything off. I have a book on my lap. I'm watching my kids play. I'm talking to my wife or I have my family over. He said, that's my favorite time of the week. And he's, it's only improved um, his productivity. It hasn't taken anything away. Um, and I think that's a, that's a big deal. And now we're, look at, you look at kids and the anxiety and, and stress that kids are starting to exhibit and the depression. I think that they just don't have any fucking boredom. They have no quiet time. Everything's yeah. constantly preoccupied. They don't like, even know how to navigate in that space. It's painful. You yeah. ever watch a kid try and be bored today? Oh, my God. It, it's They'll crawl they, in the corner and put their face on the ground. And I, I'm looking at, I, I look at my kids, I'm like, I used to be bored all the time. I used to figure shit out. Go figure something out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Look yeah. at stuff. Yeah. My son yeah. will take a nap. <laughs> like, like, I'll tell him no electronics. And so goes, he'll go to sleep because he, he's trying to make the, the, the time he doesn't have electronics go by faster. You know what I mean? <laughs> by the time I wake up, it'll be. So it's like, I got to make more rules. It's going like, to go slower, yeah, man. You have to be awake. You have to, you know what, I mean? what do uh, I do now? You have to be awake. <laughs> Next question is from Thunder Coffer. Is it best to cycle on and off creatine? If so, with what frequency? You know, studies will show that taking creatine consistently is fine, builds more muscle, it's got some antioxidant properties, it's healthy for certain types of individuals. I still think it's a good idea to cycle anything uh, that you take at all. I, I think whatever adaptations your body goes through, Whatever, you know, your body synthesizes creatine as well. And in my... And we get it in steak. So if you're eating a ton of steak, your body synthesizes it, and on top of that, you're taking it, you would think that your body would downregulate the ability to uptake all of it because you're flooding it with all this creatine, right? Or or maybe make less, you know? I don't know. Like, it sounds to me like... Look, I found cycling my protein intake to be beneficial for my gains. I yeah. never would have thought that before. I always thought you had to have high protein all the time. And I remember throwing in my first low protein days and coming back and being so sensitive to the protein that I noticed progress and gains from it. Um, so, and I find this with all herbs too. There's certain herbs that I'll take that have, like ashwagandha is a great herb. I love taking ashwagandha. I can tell when I take it. I notice a difference. I recover better. I have better sleep and better you know, focus. But if I take it for like, you know, 60 days and past, 
I stopped noticing anything. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I don't really think of any any nutrient that I'm I'm going to ingest where I'm not going to consider that. Like if I'm I'm overwhelming my body with this, you know, nutrient constantly flooding my body with it, where I could, you know, uh, my body be more receptive towards it if I abstain from it for a bit. Like it's just. I don't know. It just seems maybe it's too logical. Maybe there's something out there that's mm-hmm. like you constantly need it to survive. And, you know, you're always trying to stuff your face with it, but like water maybe, but that's about it. You <laughs> yeah. know, like it's, it's it just, it, that's just the body adapts. It, it adapts to most things. And that's how you got to kind of consider all these things. So what do you think about it? I think the approach that I would have, I would assume, and this is just me. I have no idea. or I can't support this. Maybe, you know, Sal, cause you're the study guy is, Probably most studies on creatine that show how amazing creatine is, which we all agree it is. That's the best, the best single supplement, ergogenic supplement that's right. out there. But most of them probably are done over a six-week period of time because that's probably what shows the most benefit is when you use it. So probably cycling every four to six weeks, I would probably think, is a, yeah, a decent strategy. Reasonable. There's, It's the most studied ergogenic supplement that's out there. So there's literally hundreds of peer-reviewed studies on creatine. This is why we, we recommend it. It's, it's extremely studied. It's, uh, it shows cognitive benefits for some populations. If you're older, probably really good for you, can prevent help prevent muscle loss, and it's got some antioxidant properties for the heart and all that stuff. But yeah, the studies, even the long ones are you know months long, and then they have studies that are like years long, but really those are surveys. So you're right, Adam. There's really no... It's hard to... to, to, to what I recommend people do is Take creatine post work on the days you work out. So, so if you work out five days a week, I so I I work out about five to six days a week. I take creatine four or five days a week post workout, and I only take two grams, two to three grams. I don't do the five to ten grams. That well, I was gonna say this is you know contrary to what like the the label is gonna tell you to like overwhelm your body and do this loading phase, you know, kind of so your body starts to uh, you know uh, you know get more receptive towards it. The the loading is such bullshit. Yeah. What, what they found with studies is is if you load, you're going to top off your ATP stores in your muscle faster than if you just took a consistent amount. But it's not that much faster, and it, and really your your they recommend 20 grams a day to load. That's a lot of wasted supplement, if you ask me. Well, not yeah. only that, I forget what the, the how many ounces of steak that you need to get two to three grams of, of creatine, and it's not that ridiculous. I mean, some people eat that in a day or two worth of eating, so I forget what the number was. I'll look but it up. If you're somebody who's a – if you're a major steak eater, I'm a heavy red meat eater, so I eat yeah. quite a bit. So I really don't supplement with creatine that often. Now, we have it in the studio all the time, and so I will play with it occasionally. I'll put it in my, uh, right after a workout, like Sal was saying. But I typically go towards it when I know that I've been – like if I've been on this kick of white meat where I'm eating a lot of chicken and a lot of fish – and I'm not getting a lot of red meat. To me, that's when I I kind of signal myself to do it. So five grams of creatine is two pounds of beef or three pounds of chicken. Yeah, a day. that's nothing. Yeah, well, I mean, to a guy like you, of course. Right, yeah. right. I mean, that's that's I, not cra- that's not that crazy. Someone, okay, anybody, m- most people that are trying to build muscle, and and just take like a few grams, you know. And if you're a big person with lots of muscle, you maybe need a little bit more because you've got more creatine stores. Here's the people that benefit the most from creatine supplementation: vegans, Vegan. big time. Yeah. Vegans have huge upswing because they don't consume any from animal That's products. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, so if you're and even if you're not, so at the, that same point you're making with vegans benefit the most. I think the people that would 
benefit the least or somebody who eats a lot of chicken and steak on a pretty regular right. basis, you're going to see the least amount of benefits. Mm-hmm. So if you're a big chicken and steak eater, I don't see that much value in adding a lots of creatine. Does it? It's. I think it is the best supplement out there, so why not play with it here and there? I wouldn't run it consistently every day for longer than four or six weeks. It's also one of those supplements that it's inexpensive nowadays. You can get good quality powdered uh, creatine for pretty good price. Back in the, when it first came out, it was super expensive. It's a pretty good price now. And you'll know if it's doing something for you within three to six weeks. You'll know. Like you'll take it and the scale will go up between one to three pounds because you're going to be storing more intramuscular water. Not mm-hmm. the same thing as bloat. Your muscles are just fuller. Um, and you'll know in the gym, you'll just feel yeah, stronger. You feel that, yeah, that extra rep in there. Exactly. You get like one, you get between one to three extra reps. Yeah. And so if you feel that, then okay, creatine benefited. If you took it and you're not getting anything, then I would say don't take it. But vegans who supplement with creatine get a boost in cognition on top of it consistently. They get, they get, uh, their IQ goes up a little bit because they're depleted of, of creatine because of their diets. So if you're a vegan, um, I highly doubt you, uh, excuse me, I highly recommend try a little bit of creatine for a few weeks and see if it benefits you because the odds are it probably will. Next question is from more Jojo. What was one of the most unhealthy behaviors of a client of yours? How did you help them change it? And were they successful in maintaining the change? Oof. Unhealthiest oh. behaviors of client. I've I, had some bad I, ones. I'm, I'm going to give one that actually I don't think hmm. pe- that it's probably going to ruffle some feathers here. Um, and the reason why I think it's one of the most unhealthy behaviors is because I think it's one of the hardest things for me to break in clients. And that it goes back to what we've talked about earlier in this episode. And getting somebody who is a high performer, adrenaline junkie, uh, convincing them away from this high intensity type of training is by far one of the hardest things as a trainer. Because it's tough to tell somebody who feels the rush that they feel after they train. And when they see, like, they, they're either inconsistent, they're not lifting and training and dieting well, and they're going about their crazy life. And then they decide, okay, summer's around the corner, and I'm going to pick up my favorite boot camp mm-hmm. class. I'm going to start my diet. And they see good change. They're, they see change in their body, the way they feel after they crush a workout, and they they feel amazing, and then you then they 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 never get to their goal, and so they eventually break down and hire somebody like me, and then here I have to break all of these habits and convince them that this feeling or the things that they did in the past are not the best approach, and so this tends to be a vicious cycle. It's hard. You, I really, I, like I used to have to get you to commit to me and like pay for training for like a year. To, for me to to show and like be like convinced them like listen I need you to trust me it's gonna take some time to reverse a lot of this stuff and this thought process that you've gone about going your training and eating and how you how you treat exercise right now and change that behavior and I have to be honest I think that I've lost more battles than I've won and when I see things like the rise of Orange Theory I see the explosion of CrossFit all over the world and I know the average person, I just know it's not for the average person. Does it mean that it, it's not okay for some? No, there's a percentage of people it's fucking great for. And, and, I'm, and, it's, and it's not me just constantly bashing on those modalities. But to be honest, it's one of the most unhealthy behaviors I've ever came across. And it's one of the hardest things for me to break and change. 
And inevitably, that person gets old, and that person just fucking gives up, mm-hmm. and just thinks that exercise is a part of is a thing for young people. Mm-hmm. And they have the and that that to me is one of the most unhealthy behaviors that leads to a very unhealthy older body down the road. It's hard because when you're talking to a client like that, you're trying to tell someone, don't work as hard right. yeah. to get better results. And this is a person who identifies with working hard and busting right. ass. and it's always done good things. And and it's always, it's worked for them. That's yeah. why they're successful. That's why they're whatever. And on top of it, all they're hearing around, all they're hearing about fitness besides you mm-hmm. is- Work hard, right. be consistent. No days off. Train harder, yeah. sweat, and and they're thinking, well, this makes no. What you're saying to me makes no sense. Right. This is a. You're you're right, Adam. That is one of the most difficult conversations to have, totally. and and I have not been very successful convincing right. people. But the ones that did listen to me were forever converts. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I, if, I, you, I, if you can change that behavior, you do save them. But the percentage I save. Is, is, is much smaller than the ones that I lose because the other uphill battle is the, they feel great. I mean, I I, I know it's, I've done a CrossFit workout. I've done an Orange Theory workout. Fucking A, it feels. You walk out of there drenched in sweat, endorphins flying, and it's like cortisol through the roof. It's like, fuck yeah. And then, oh, my, yeah. You're, then you have trainer Adam over here going, these aren't the best thing for you. Well, Fuck you. I mean, it's it's pretty much the same thing, but it's 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 cardio for me, and having you know people understand that it's not benefiting their goal. Like in terms of like their aesthetic goal, their muscular development goal. Like this is competing with our progress, and for to to drill that into somebody's head is insanely tough. And you're talking about people who overdo cardio, overdo not just cardio. cardio in general. I, yeah, well, well, because of the fact that like. Like we're now adding like like adding in weights is like an add in to their routine of like always having to move and burn calories and like you know do a lot of the type of same things Adam's kind of bringing up and in terms of always seeking that feeling and that like I'm I'm breaking a sweat so this is more of the people that have to break a sweat and they have to feel that their their heart rate is just beating through this entire workout uh, and so every workout that. Uh, you know, I would take somebody through a lot of times I'd have clients that, I mean, they were like, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? And they, they just could not ever get rest. They, mm-hmm. they I, couldn't, they couldn't get that concept of it. I'm so glad that we went this direction with this conversation. I had no idea which direction either mm-hmm. one of you were going to go is because I know people listening right now are going, oh my God, come on, you guys. You mean to tell me, what about the Cokeheads? What about somebody who eats cheeseburgers three times, or he goes to McDonald's three times a day? What about the person that's drinking alcohol? Uh, no, that's t- all obvious. Well, yeah. That's and they just know it. that that's that, wrong. Exactly. That's just it. They fucking know. Those people come to you and they hire you and they, they're like, they lay it on the table. Adam, I'm addicted to these things. Adam, I have I have this problem and issue. So it's not the unhealthiest behavior because they already know. Yeah. The first step to getting somebody or changing their behaviors is them first being conscious and aware that their behaviors are bad. Yep, and mm-hmm. the person who's coming to you who overworks and works out too much is coming to you for more of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're, they're hiring me and they're like, yeah, I need a hard workout. Yeah, it's all predetermined. You- so yeah. to break that you know thought in their head of what the experience has to be was the most challenging, you know, bar none of, of somebody who just wants to lose weight or, uh, you know, somebody that's going to be more receptive towards you sort of leading the workout. Yeah, no, I had a client once who who was like that and she ran, I don't know, it was like 40 miles a week and did Pilates classes and 
She did lots of these cardio circuit training classes. And then on top of it, she hired me to train her a couple days a week. And she counted all of her calories. Mm -hmm. And she wore one of those uh, body bugs to measure her steps and how many calories she was burning. And it was a slow, long process. And I used to explain to her, like, you're doing too much. And I think what happens is these clients, when you tell them you're doing too much, they think you're just like, it's almost like your mom telling you, like, you got to wear a sweater. And you're like, like, okay, of course my mom's going to say that, but I don't <laughs> need to wear a fucking it, sweater. It's so much like that, Sal, yeah. That, yeah. and I know someone's listening. Yeah. I know the fuck you know who I'm talking. I'm talking to you right now because I know I got clients like this uh-huh. that they nod their head to me. They say yes, and then they go behind my back and they do yeah, fucking- Because they think you're just trying yeah. to be a, like overcautious or, oh, right. he's just worried about me. He's right. saying what he needs to. He thinks I can't handle it. Exactly. It's yeah. not that you can't handle it, you dumb shit. It's that it's actually- not benefiting you. Yeah. I know what your goals are, and you're not going to get to your goals any better or faster uh-uh. if you. And, and so I used to have this conversation with this young lady, and it was constant. We would sit there and talk about it. She's like, "But I'm burning this many calories. I'm doing this many. If I stop doing all this activity, I'm not going to burn these calories. I'm just going to get super fat." And I'm like, "Well, that's not how it works." And over time, and so what ended up happening is I started working out with her. She became my workout partner, and she valued it so much that she would start you know, skipping some of her other crazy workouts just so she could work out with her trainer because to her it was like a big deal. And little by little, I converted her to, you know, training the proper way. And it was so funny. Two years later, it took two years. Two years later, I remember I was like, this is the right time now to rub it in her face. And I sat her down <laughs> and I said, hey, I said, Finally. yeah. And I'm like, hey, how how many miles do you, do you, do you run a week, you know, these days now? And she's like, ah, eh, like two, maybe two miles. It's mostly just like a little bit of sprint here and there. I'm like, oh, and you're lifting like four or five days a week. Yeah. And I'm like, how many calories are you? And she's like, oh my God, I eat almost 3,000 calories a day. So I brought out the old file and I showed her. I said, remember all the arguments you had? This is all the activity you did. This is how many calories. And she looks at me and she's like, yeah, I can't believe my body. She's like, it's funny because I have a fast metabolism now. Now I go out and I eat with my husband and I have these huge meals and I don't blow up and gain all this body weight. She's like, it's kind of funny that I now have the metabolism of people who I used to think I would never be able to be that way. This, yeah. this was Katrina. Yeah, build it. This was an epiphany for her. I mean, we were we've been together now eight years, and I spent the first three not putting my two cents in. I mean, that's just because this is the older, wiser version of me, right? Younger me would try and tell girlfriends or tell them what to do, and it's like learned really quick that that doesn't work. And so I never bugged her. I mean, she's a collegiate level athlete. You know, so her whole life, she's been into sports. She's she knows, and to be at that high of a level, anybody that's played college sports, uh, Division One, too. So she's not like a small time player, small time athlete. This girl has got the attitude to train at the highest level, and so she's approached her fitness her entire life that way. And then she meets the trainer fitness guy and we're dating and we're together. And it's like, and I see what she's doing. And it's like going out for five mile runs. Like, you know, she's, when she wants to lose a little bit of body fat, that's what she does. She run every day. Yeah. (laughs) Runs every day, like hardcore for long distance. And, you know, and, and in the gym, like everything's a circuit, you know, she doesn't just do squats and then rest for two minutes. Hell no. It's squats, jump boxes, bicep curls, push ups. you know, Mm -hmm. in a circuit with never more rest than 30 seconds. And, that's how she's trained like her entire life. And she's seen herself in great shape or for what and for her eyes or what she's seen as the best shape she's ever been through training this way. And she's performed at high levels at playing sports. And so here I am going like, you know, you're going about it all the wrong way. I mean, mm-hmm. if your goals are that if you want to sculpt and shape this body and you want it to look like this and you want more of this and less of that, like 
the way you're approaching it is all wrong. And it took three years in our relationship before she finally came to me and said, okay, if you were to tell me how to do it and I were to follow it to a T, what, okay, well, cut all this out. Stop doing this. Slow way down on your workouts. We're going to just do straight sets. You're going to rest for two minutes at a time between. And it was torturous for her. For Slowly like the, increase your calories. Yeah. But then she she went from that person to, holy shit, I'm eating twice than I've ever... I'm, I haven't ran in months. It had been six, eight months at that point before she'd ever ran again. And she's like, I'm, keep, I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm eating more food than I ever ate. I'm not running at all. And I can maintain this. And it's awesome because now... I can allow, I can go off the diet a little bit and I can easy counter it by a little bit of extra movement and I've built this incredible healthy metabolism. And I think it's important to say that it's not that the way that I'm saying it or that Adam's saying or Justin's saying it is better necessarily. They both can be healthy depending on the context. We're saying it's better in the context of maintaining forever in modern life. That's the bottom line. Like what's easier to maintain? running every single day for an hour and a half, eating low calories all the time to maintain yourself or spending less time in the gym and having a faster metabolism so you can eat more and enjoy certain things and, and the fact that food is so plentiful. That's all we're saying. So if you're, if you're thinking to yourself like, well, I fucking love running 50 miles a week. That's my favorite thing in the world to do and that's all I want to do and I don't like food that much. I'd rather, I prefer eating 1,200 calories or whatever. I don't need to eat that much. That's cool. Yeah. Do yeah. your thing. But most people are going to say, actually, uh, I'd rather not have to commit to so much damn time doing so much exercise. I'd like to not have to beat the crap out of myself every time I work out in order to maintain this. And I would like some flexibility where I can enjoy myself here and there with food and not see this huge rebound. Well, then focus on the way you're training. Because remember, the, tr the way you train sends a signal to your body to adapt in a particular way. And the way we tend to advocate is to adapt in a faster metabolism, easier to maintain type of way versus a manual burning of calories, lots of work uh, type of way, which is harder uh, to maintain. So that's pretty much it. Look, with that, go to mindpumpfree.com and download our guides. We have a lot of guides and they're all free. We have squat guides, arm building guides, guides for your core, your back, your shoulders, your calves. We even have calf guides. Uh, hey. Again, mindpumpfree.com. You can also find us on Instagram. Uh, Justin is at mindpumpjustin. My page is mindpumpsal, and Adam is mindpumpadam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic, Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now, plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>